Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Cheering crowd sound, it's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. Hey guys, this is Ryan from On Display, and you're watching the concerts that made us. And I'm Greg, I'm the drummer from On Display, and uh, very excited to be on ya.
very welcome to the concerts that made us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. It's great to have you guys. Now, last month on display release stuck. It's an exploration of love and self-awareness. What more can you tell us about the track? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely from a personal point of view. Um, I was going through some some times in a relationship where I felt, you know, I was burdening somebody by by discussing my problems. And, you know, if I had to say to them, listen, this is this is bugging me at the moment, um, you know, it would, it would make me feel uh, like I'm, uh, you know, putting them out. And, and, you know, sometimes it, it gets like that, I think, in a relationship if you're with someone that you're not not meant to be with you know they can kind of take away that uh, that freedom from you that you you feel like you can't you, you can't say what you need to say and uh it's not healthy so that's that's kind of the the point of view i wrote the lyrics from um but uh, yeah it was it was one of the first tracks we started hey greg yeah it was um it was probably one of our first ones that we we did together when when we joined up and I mean, I took a lot from that song. It was not only just a song that helped Ryan and I um, sort of find our style and where we wanted to go with our music and, and you know, our shared interests, but even the lyrics itself, you know, um, I know Ryan um, explained it now sort of in a relationship uh, point of view, but I've taken so much from that song in, sense in, in, in relation to life itself and being in you know, positions where you stuck, positions you sort of forced to be into, you know, get things done and pay the bills and that kind of thing. Um, so I draw a lot of reference from that song in uh, Everyday Life. Um, so I think it was quite a special one for us to to release mm. that first. I have to ask, when you're putting, you know, so much of yourself in a song like that, and it's obviously from experiences you've had, are you worried about blowback from people you know or people that might think, oh, that song is about me? I think, look, the, the people that know me they probably know that I've been in that situation quite a bit. So that's, um, you know, it's a, le- it's a learning curve, you know. Um, no, don't drop any names now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But I mean, as far as, do um, you, you mean specifically blowback from people maybe that don't know us or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I, I kind of, I like that it's interpretive. So like what Greg says is you can, you know, it might not be necessarily a re- relationship. Um, you know, it can it can be any any kind of uh, dimension. So I like that that about it as well. I try to write in that sort of way as well, where it, it can be interpreted in many different ways. Um, but yeah, if, if 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 it helps someone in a relationship get out of a situation, you know, I'll be happy. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, you you're always going to get blowback. I mean, we we writing um, messages that that we feel and we're putting out there, and I think you're always going to get blowback from somebody who's going to say. Oh, this is too dark. This is too heavy. This is—I think people are always going to have blowback at some point. But you know, the message is there. Take, take, take from it what you want and where it fits with you in your life. And you know, hopefully, it can make uh, make a difference for you. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of where we at. That's it's quite interesting actually that you ask that because you know we we do kind of think about how people will perceive us, and at the same time, you you got to kind of not give a give a shit. You know what people think and how they perceive you. But I mean, for instance, our band name was Calm the Demon when we first started. Uh, we thought about Calm the Demon, but then then we were like, you know, it maybe it sounds a little dark, you know. And we want to like if you look at like for an example, like Bring Me the Horizon, they've got this dark, heavy music, but Bring Me the Horizon is such a positive message. So we took, I, I think we spent like four or five months trying to come up with a better name. And we were just about to say, you know, screw it, let's 
let's go with calm the demon and then we we we, we figured uh, on display which is a little bit more brighter and so there's it's a balance i guess you know giving yeah. a shit and not giving a shit <laughs> right. <laughs> right and how do you guys approach the recording process then so we um what do you want to take it greg no it's fine go for it man so I've 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 built a studio at my house. Um, it was you know I bought I bought a three bedroom house and it's it's been converted into a one bedroom house now, and uh, you know so we've we've got a full drum set up here. We we prefer live drums. I know a lot of people are you know doing a lot of um, processed or, or sort of MIDI drums, which which sound great, but we're um, we kind of we really like that live authentic feel. Um, and uh, then we've got like a nice control room here with some cool plugins and things. So the the main, I think the way we do it is we practice. We come up with a song first at Greg's place. Um, Greg's actually sitting in, in the studio he yeah. built for us there, which is very cool. I'm sitting in our jam room. <laughs> <laughs> in our jam room. So it starts over there, like like for instance with Stuck. I mean that just started as a guitar riff, and then Greg was like, "Oh, that's cool." Jammed a little bit of a, a you know beat, and then you know it all came from there. And then once you kind of perfected it there, we do like some demo recordings at the studio here. And uh, yeah, it's just backwards and forwards and working on the lyrics and making sure the song is exciting from beginning till end. And, and a lot then, of late nights. Uh, yeah, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, then we we kind of, we don't, uh, yeah, we send it away. We send it overseas. So for, for instance, Stuck was sent to Justin from Sixth. Uh, he he mixed and mastered that for us, and then um, yeah, we were super happy with the sound. I was just going to ask, how did you how did you manage to get Justin on the track? You know, was did you know him? Was it a long process? Funnily enough, my I used to play in a band with my brother, so I just want to put my phone on mute because it's making all sorts of noises here. I was actually in a band with my brother um, a while ago, and then uh, when that band didn't work out, he moved to the UK. And they started recording with Justin. And then he, you know, he said to me, dude, you need to check this guy out. His band is so cool. And obviously, you know, Sick is incredible. So um I've used them a few times, but uh, for for on display, you know, it's it's cool to have cool content to give him. You know, in the past we we weren't so happy with the with the with the songs that we were not me and Greg, you know, in past bands, they weren't as uh, I felt energetic. So it was nice to give him something that I was really proud of. I'm super happy with the way it came out. And I think just to expand on that, it's, um, you know, to just uh, leveraging what Ryan's saying is, um, it's also, it's a big thing for us to send this stuff overseas. Uh, you know, obviously our, our currency is uh, on, on the downside. So sending sending a project off uh, to get mixed and mastered overseas is quite an expensive project for us. So we need to be 100% sure of what we're sending um, before we send it. I mean, uh, I think Ryan can agree. We've got folders and folders of demos, tracks and ideas. And But, you know, it's it's really just about uh, investing in the right ones. It's probably an impossible question then, but how do you narrow it down? How do you know, right, this song here is good enough to be sent off. This one can stay back for a while. I think, uh, I think it's a feeling, eh? Definitely a feeling. And that's also what's really cool about Greg and I is I've been in bands before where it gets kind of political. And then there's always like one guy sort of sulking and he wants it this way, he wants it that way. Whereas I feel the 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 relationship between Greg and I, it's 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 very diplomatic. And you know, we're we're either both happy or we're not happy. And we kind yeah. of get to a point where we're like, it's working, 
then we know that it's it's going to be good. And I, I think we've also just got a lot of experience from from playing in bands, and we know what works and what doesn't, you know. And I think Greg's also had quite an adventure with bandmates and things like that. Yeah. So they had some crazy bandmates, um, you know, people leaving and driving, storming off, and and things like that, you know, because they don't get their way. So. I think it's definitely quite a diplomatic approach um, and, and it's a good relationship. And having two people in the band helps a lot. I, I, I think uh, yeah. sometimes too many cooks spoil the broth as well. Um, it's uh, It can get quite political. I, I actually couldn't agree more with that. I think one of the biggest things for me is I think uh, Ryan and I, when, when we create something, we can feel that energy when we're writing it. Um, I can feel straight away when I can see Ryan's like, He's not enjoying that suggestion or the song's going down a different path and then we kind of reel it back and then we like you know get on board again and we get excited about what we're doing so we kind of just feel our way through it and i think that's what tells it at the end of the day when we when we're running through our our songs and you know we're playing all the songs we can just feel it and then you'll just get that one track that you're not feeling and kind of you know takes a takes a back seat and then you know we work from that um the songs that we enjoy making and enjoy playing I gotcha. I gotcha. And you know, for any listeners who aren't familiar with you guys, how did you get together? How, what's the story behind On Display? Yeah. So, I mean, I started, uh, I think it was just before lockdown. Um, I was kind of bandless and I, you know, I've always, I need to be in a band just to, to be a happy person. So, um, I was kind of bandless and, uh, I started a, like a solo side project. And I was trying to get people together. I was on Facebook and I was stalking people. I was typing in guitarist, bassist, you know, and, and in South Africa, there's there's not a load of people. And um, and then uh, I, I saw on Facebook uh, an ad with Greg saying some some random girl was asking, she she wants a drummer for some punk punk thing. I was like, oh, That's shit. Local bands, yeah. Local bands. I was like, shit, I didn't think about Greg, you know? <laughs> so I sent him a message and uh, I sent him some of my demo stuff and we just clicked immediately. And I mean, we've known each other for years and years, um, probably like 20, 25 years or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, we just clicked immediately and, you know, he really dug the stuff I was sending him. And it actually started off kind of more rock, sort of radio friendly, Foo Fighterish sort of stuff. And we did that for a while and we had some band members. We had a full a four band lineup. And, uh, you know, the one guy was very young, you know, I was picking him up and bringing him to practice and you didn't have all the equipment. And then uh, the the other guy um, was a cool, but a very good bass player. Also used to jam with Greg and he ended up immigrating to the UK. Um, and then at that point, you know, we were like, Shoot, what are we doing? You know, what are we going to do? And we just started experimenting with the heavy stuff. And I didn't even know that Greg liked the heavy stuff, you know, because he played in a lot of punk rock bands. So um, he started showing me music that I hadn't heard, like Bad Omens and Icy Stars. And I was like, geez, bro, we like literally on the same page, yeah? So I bought a seven-string guitar, and and that's literally where Stuck started. Uh, we, You know, it was like one of our first riffs we came up with. That's it. I think it. I, I think that's what it was. I think when when Ryan first contacted me, I thought I was just standing in as like a session drummer to you know work on some of the tracks he had. Um, and then quite quickly we started figuring out that we had similar bands that we were both very influenced by uh, bands like Deftones, System of a Down, you know those good old school bands. And yeah, I think once we realised that we were both on the same page and we actually preferred the heavier side of life, it's just, just when things started falling together and kind of it just gelled and just been going from there. And we've got some really exciting stuff in the pipeline at the moment. 
Nice. I have to ask, you know, whenever I speak to bands, especially in South Africa, their drummer is normally in like 10 other bands. How many bands are you in? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, try, I try and keep it to one. <laughs> so, uh, I do, I do uh, jam a little bit with um, some family members. We do a lot of acoustic stuff, but that's more just uh, for family being stuff. But I'm, I'm 100% committed to on display. I'm, I'm one of those one, one band drummers. Um, Ryan and I, you know, I think being in a band is also, it's a big commitment. And especially if you want it to work, it's, you know, spreading, spreading yourself too thin or trying to play in too many bands is, I, don't, I just don't think it's a healthy, it wouldn't be a healthy situation for me. So for me, I'm, I'm 100% committed to, to on display. I, I love what we're doing. It, it fills my creative cup. You know, um, so no, I'm good, eh? I'm good. Good to hear, good to hear. And uh, I suppose at this stage, we'll dive a bit into your histories when it comes to music to give the listeners a sense of where you come from. So if you can, can you remember your earliest musical memory? Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll jump in there quickly. Um, I think that I used to work at a at a nursery when I was young. I think when I was like a little teenager trying to earn some pocket money and uh there were two guys that worked at this coffee shop at this nursery with me. Um, and, and they were going on for weeks about this band that they were starting. And the, the biggest problem was, is they couldn't find a drum. And I was, happened to just be standing next to him when they were talking about it. And I said, well, I'll, I'll play drums. And the guys were like, have you played drums before? And I was like, no, but I mean, how hard can it be? <laughs> <laughs> Unbeknown to me. Um, but yeah, I found a, a cheap kit from a guy that I knew that was pretty much throwing it away. Um, so I took what little bit of money I had and I tried to um, get that kit going. I had no idea about tuning a kit. I mean, I think the first time we played, I didn't even have the snare drum in the right place. You know, I was kind of um, being schooled the whole way through. And I remember we played at that nursery in a little daisy hut. And I, I think from the minute uh, I hit that first drum note, which was completely out of tune, I just knew that this is like, you know, this is the path I want to go. And it's just kind of never looked back from there. And just a matter of, you know, teaching myself and, and learning from there. And I, I think Ryan's also been doing it. I mean, I think he was born with a guitar in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the earliest memory I have is we used to have a little recorder lying around at my parents' house. I don't know if you know what a recorder is. It's, yeah, it's it basically is. a free it's a flute with some piano keys on it. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, I obviously enjoyed music and things like that. Uh, I was I was such a soft kid. I remember my brother bringing home Nirvana Unplugged, and I was I used to, I told my mom, Don't, "We can't listen to this. It's heavy and it's got swearing. You can't listen to this." You know, I was such a soft little kid, um, and it's amazing how quickly from there I was just you know listen to bleach the bleach album and i was like wow this is incredible but i remember picking up this recorder and i was like i wonder if i can do this let me just think of a song and see if i can play the tune on it and i think it was like um i remember it was like a nursery rhyme and i started i was like oh it goes like twinkle twinkle and then i was like did it did it i was like okay cool i must have some kind of ear for this music thing and then um you know i used to my dad used to have a guitar as well and i used to he didn't let me use it so i used to sneak in and and grab it and i think i even snapped a few strings there <laughs> but um but from there i just it just took it ignited and i bought my first guitar i still got the very first guitar I bought um and even with vocals i i used to be a little stubborn with with stinging singing i used to say you know i don't need lessons you know i'm born with this natural talent and i used to 
you know, sing away and things like that. And, and, uh, I should try like emulate Kurt Cobain a little bit. And, um, yeah, later on, I realized, you know, that there's actually a lot to this and, uh, there's, there's a science to singing and I started doing vocal lessons and, and also teaching myself a lot of things and breathing techniques. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's kept me going. Hey, like, especially with work and things like that. I, I don't know how I would have managed if I didn't have music. So, uh, yeah, no, I love music. Yeah. 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 And, you know, growing up then, what was your local music scene like and how does it compare to today? Has it changed much over, over the years? I mean, yeah, we had a, we had a great scene, uh, especially when we were a bit younger in sort of those influential years we had. Um, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I remember seeing Ryan at a lot of these shows. We had uh, great bands like, again, Fuzzy Gish, Vonderboom, 16 Stitch. Um, and, and these guys used to play all over the, the, the scene. I mean, we had, we had rad little nightclubs in Melville here in Joburg. Uh, Roxy's nightclub was a massive musical venue. Um, so, the, I mean, the scene, the, the local scene was, was pumping at one stage. And it, it's not that it's not pumping anymore. It's just it, it seems like it's, it's more spread out than it always was. We always had more... Um, uh, venues um, available and you know one by one a lot of those places have closed uh, we used to have a, a massive um, Doors nightclub um, which was a weekly trip for us and you know we often used to watch some of our favorite bands play there but you know as as it went you know those a lot of those places are closed and you know so yeah now there's very few venues that are actually um, I suppose big enough to handle um, really good uh, local music um but yeah i, I think there's a, a lot of people you know pushing trying to keep it alive here and grow the scene a bit which is exactly what south african industry needs we need to grow the music scene here a lot another thing we also miss is there used to be a, a festival called woodstock when we were kids it was a little festival and that was on such a large scale i mean there were hundreds of bands and obviously some international acts and I mean, motocross bikes, and it was it was incredible. Um, and I think the lady that started that, it was Authentic Ideas. Uh, they actually immigrated as well. So I think a lot of people have immigrated. And, and then obviously, COVID has also like just done a, a big number on us as well. Yeah. Um, I think even Kopi Kopi. Kopi as well. was a massive festival for South Africans. You know, just sort of a, a highlight of your calendar year. And I think I've been that just never revived after COVID. Not only that, I think it's rated as one of the top five festivals in the world, if, if I'm not mistaken, Opi Kopi, if I, I remember reading something like that. So it's also another thing that's just gone. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You know, when, how do you guys go about building a fan base then? You know, because normally you would go out, play gigs, let people see you, but when there's not that many venues, how do you approach it? Actually, it's 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 funny because it's such a contrast. You know, it's like in the old days we would play these little gigs and you know make like five hundred bucks and save it or you know buy guitar strings with it or whatever it is. Whereas now, with Greg and I, we are you know we are funding this thing, and I think I think that's besides actually just having good music and and really you know putting the time in and making making sure that your songs hit hit home well. I think it's it's funding. Hey, I mean we've we've spent so much money. I think Greg and I could have bought a little ho holiday home somewhere already. So I think I think that's that's kind of our first point of departure is just making sure that it hits home and that it's at at a high level and a high quality. And then uh, we're not. I mean, 
suffice to say we're not we're not really focusing on South Africa um as a whole. I mean, obviously we we want fans here, but we're trying to like sort of get on par with overseas bands and it's just it's it's like a different it's a different market, I think. Um and you know I think it's, also Yeah, sorry, Ryan. I think it also just backs off um what we said earlier. You know, Ryan and I have been doing gigs for since we were 13, 14 years old, you know, playing in bands and stuff like that. Um, so I think we've done a lot of those and we're in a space now where we are enjoying the recording and the creating process and we are really enjoying the content creation side of it. So like with the music videos and, and, and things like that, then we've got uh, two killer music videos lined up that we were releasing in the next couple of months. Um, and I think we also, we, we leveraging of that, you know, we're trying to, I mean, the beautiful thing about today's day and age, you've got social media, you've got your YouTube channels and you've got so much interaction. And I think what, what we're really enjoying about it is we're sort of getting um, feedback from the people that we want to tap into, you know, with, with uh, certain Facebook groups and certain community pages. Um, our music is getting a lot of traction uh, in those groups, which is great because, you know, those are you, you, your music's landing in the playlists of the people that enjoy it. So I think we, we're building our fan base there. I think at some point we will tap back into the local market and, and try and build our local uh, fan base as well. But right now, I think, you know, because we so our band is still in its early days, you know, we we definitely focusing on our content creation and getting the right kind of image and the right kind of music videos out there and, and getting our messages across. And again, it's also, we, we're just trying to pay the right people to help us as well. So like paying a good marketing manager or a good social media person, because especially being a two-piece band and, and we, we've got jobs and, and families and, you know, and the music is already, you know, it takes a lot of time. So we don't really have time to to do all the pushing and, and marketing. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's a self-financing hurricane. Many bits. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know the podcast is called Concerts That Made Us. So I have to ask you guys, as a concert goer, what concerts do you think have made you? Uh, me personally, I, I've seen some amazing bands. I mean, I actually went in 2011. I went to a big concert in Belgium. We did a little road trip. Um, it was called Grosse Rock Fest, and I, there was like a hundred bands there. I mean, I saw all my all-time favorite bands. I mean, I suppose someone living in the States or, or you know, anywhere in Europe, they, they're just like, oh, yeah, I see those bands all the time. They play down the road. But, I mean, for us, you know, to see, I mean, I saw, like, Of Mice and Men. I saw August Burns Red. Um, I've seen so many amazing bands they used. Uh, we came as Romans. And then um, more more recently as well, actually, I saw Inter Shikari for the second time in South Africa. They were here about uh, about a month ago and that's also very inspiring and they've got such a good live show and uh yeah it's nice to look up to guys like that and i think uh, uh for, for me it's um you know we were mentioning now like the the we had those festivals like opi copy and they used to bring up some some big names over here um and i mean we, we had a lot of bands that have i mean it's not anybody's on all bands touring calendar to stop past cape town on their way you know so when we have a big band that plays here, you know, you make the effort to go. So, I mean, we have had like Lincoln Park and I remember Cypress Hill and Prodigy. Um, those are all um, uh, concerts that or, or gigs that kind of blew my mind away. And even recently we had, you know, bands like Icy, well, not recently now, but Icy Stars popped by and, you know, we had a, they had a lacquer tour here. Um, but if I, if I have to go back 
I always remember Opie Copy brought out some 41 as the headlining act for one of the years. And I remember watching those guys and they were just in, so incredibly tight in time. The energy was flowing. And I remember that was a, a big moment for me um, when I was like, you know, I want to be on that stage one day. Jeez, sounds like a, that was probably a, a, an epic gig. Jeez, I've I've always wanted to see those. They came to Dublin one time like 10 years ago and I missed it. I, I, or I think they cancelled one or the other, but they've never came back. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, they're under final tour or something, aren't they? Yeah. I think that's the same thing as like South Africa. If you don't, if you if you miss that band, you it's very likely you'll never see them again in South Africa. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, I missed yeah. Memphis May Fire. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, there's not more than missing it. And uh, you know, when it comes time for you guys, I know it's down the line, but when it comes time for you guys to play shows, have you started thinking about what it's going to be like, what you'd like the stage show to be like? Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time on our performance here in the jam studio. I think we've got a good idea um, of how we want our production to be. We use a lot of sampling pads, um, a lot of, even in the studio, a lot of lights and that kind of stuff. So, we're, we've we've done Ryan and I have done one or two impromptu gigs on the way when we were still um, sort of figuring out our sound and I think we've we've got a nice energy on stage and we'd like to expand on that. Um, but again, yeah, I think I think the first time we go out and officially hit that stage, it's it's going to be big. We're going to make it uh, something special that you know hopefully that we and our fans can you know remember forever. I think it also goes back to the financial thing. It's like uh, you know, for instance, I've got. I've got too many guitars. You know, I don't have kids. I've got guitars. <laughs> and they're they're all in different tunings and they've all got different amount of strings. And, you know, you, 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 like every song's got a different guitar. So I def I, I mean, I have to pay someone to hand me my guitars. I mean, <laughs> I'm picking up a guitar, put, you know, putting it down, retuning it, putting a new strap on. You know, I, I definitely need to pay someone to like hand me guitars. <laughs> and then, you know, we we, you know, we want like some cool like displays on stage. Um, you know, with some cool content behind us and, you know, definitely make it memorable. I think what what also works out well for us is uh, uh, Ryan is uh, Ryan and I are both in the sort of video and graphics uh, industry. So a lot of um, the content we make is, you know, we make it ourselves and, you know, with the help from our network of friends and stuff. But I think we've got a good idea of how we want to display even our graphics and our logos and our um, our image. And I think we're fortunate there. Sandy, you guys can do it yourselves. I have to ask, not to ask you which child is your favorite, but which guitar then, since you're like your children, which one is your go-to guitar? I can't even tell you, man. <laughs> I literally can't tell you. Um, I must. I, I do enjoy what I enjoy about my Solar guitar. It's got the Evertune bridge on it, so you know I played some weird tunings. Um, I didn't even know what tunings I was playing, and uh, I just kind of when I was writing songs, I was like. I was kind of bending the strings as opposed to the chords. I was like, okay, let me change that string. And then I, I invented my own little systems. <laughs> so um, what's nice about that solo is it doesn't go out of tune um, because it can be quite frustrating. And, uh, you know, you've got to spend a lot of money updating bridges and upgrading pots and getting special strings. And in this country, it's like you've got to import them all. So, um, yeah, every guitar for me, I love them all. But probably the... The one with the less tuning issues is, is going to be my favorite. It's <laughs> the most enjoyable to play. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you know, out of I know you guys haven't played gigs yet as on display, but out of the gigs that you've played in the past, is there one that sticks out as the best experience you've had? Me personally, I, I was in a band called Bombs and Issues, and uh, we did a tour that we called Your Mother City Tour. And uh, we played a couple of gigs in Cape Town that are actually all closed down now. Um, and that that for me was was amazing. I think was, the one was called Mercury. Um, that was a really cool gig. I really enjoyed that. Um, that was actually our final our final tour in that band. Uh, we had some politics after that, and uh, but that that for me was a, a pinnacle for me. Yeah, mine was um, uh, Tempos. Ryan, I don't know if you remember Tempos. The, oh yeah, that was, it was great. A, it was a massive outdoor venue. Um, there, at, at that stage, it was it was like a big thing for a band to play there. Um, and as we we headlined a Jägermeister festival. Um, and I'll, I remember walking out on that stage and I was just blown away by the amount of people that came out to support the lights, the, just the, the whole venue was just mind blowing. They had, um, they had an amazing sound technician. I think his name, I still remember his name was Faree. I think it was, he was quite big oh, on the yes. scene at that stage. Yeah. Um, and the sound was amazing. The stage was amazing. The crowd was amazing. And it's, that for me was just like a highlight for me. I was like, you know, I can take that off the bucket list now. You know, this is good. <laughs> No, that one always stick with me. Not to get too negative now, but if you flip it around, is there one that is maybe the worst experience you've had, and how did you overcome it? Hmm. For me, <laughs> for me, <laughs> it was our very first festival ever played. I think we, I think we were like three months into our band, we were super young, um, and I remember we were playing an outdoor festival out in Macalisburg, which is also a really nice area in in Joburg, which is outside of Joburg. And I remember running, getting on stage, and we were all set up to go. I was nervous as hell because it was, you know, this outdoor festival, and we had all these people around. And they were trying to do a sound check, but they, the guy eventually came to me and he said, "Listen, man, how's a drum key? I think you need to tune that snare because we, it just sounds terrible." <laughs> and I remember it was it was the most embarrassing thing uh, ever, you know, on stage, and you got the sound guy coming to tell you to tune your snare because you just can't get a good sound. But I mean, these were like in the very beginning days when we were just saying yes to anything, you know, which any any reason just to make a noise in front of people. But yeah, that was definitely my worst worst experience. <laughs> I've got a good one. I remember one at uh, Rumors. <laughs> we did our sound check. Everything was great. And then um, all of a sudden, my guitarist comes running at me with his mic stand like this. And it's, it's stuck to him. And he's like, going, he's like running at me. So I figure out what's happening is he's getting electrocuted. Oh my God. So he's like running at me. And then I took the executive decision to grab the mic stand out of him. And then I got electrocuted. So we both got <laughs> electrocuted by the whole, the volts of that whole sound system. But because he was running at me and I was going like that, it separated. And he went flying off the stage. And I, I think I actually saved his life. Um, but uh, geez, it was it was something, eh? That that <laughs> we didn't play the gig. That was it. We were like, okay, we're going home now. Uh, it was I was a just gonna mile. say, was, was he an octave higher? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was a faulty mic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised you didn't play the gig. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, 
go back to that venue? Were you a bit apprehensive about it? No, we went back. We went back. In fact, uh, I think I landed on my my bass guitar case and it broke. Uh, so the the owner's he's a really good guy. Um, he's he's kind of kept the scene going. Um, and he he kind of yeah yeah he gave me a new bass case and no they're very cool. It, it was just I mean. <laughs> bad karma or something i don't know what happened there <laughs> was a, rumors was like the music staple for everybody you know like we everybody oh, yeah. jammed at rumors the the owner of rumors was is i mean he really held the scene together for a long time i mean even now they're still going but mm. yeah i know we also had some fun gigs at that place so. <laughs> mm. Right, right. And you know, when it comes to showtime, how do you guys warm up or psych yourselves up? And then afterwards, how do you wind down? I was going to say, we psych ourselves up from the morning. You know, I'll get a WhatsApp from Ryan with just like these hands up. He's like, you ready to smash tonight? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm here. Let's do it. So we, we psych ourselves up. By the time we get to uh, to the jam room, yeah, we both like ready just to like smash things. You know, I just want to kill those drums. Um, Especially because we're always working <laughs> Yeah, working, yeah. So it's like when we finally get to do it, it's like, wow, thank God we finally get to jam. Yeah. And then, you know, we, 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 we're very happy with our set. So we always start with um, warming up, going through our set. Um, you know, and by the time we've fully warmed up, we, I think we're just in such a good creative space. Um, and then we, you know, we normally from there start tackling a project that we're either working on or we start a new project or we're working on some covers. And, you know, and then we just take it from there. I think I definitely do a lot of, uh, like I'll try to just drink lots of water that day. And, uh, you know, because the, the kind of vocals that we do, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's quite, it's quite intensive and, and you screaming and singing. So you've got to definitely got to be healthy. And, uh, I try not to drink too much that day and just do my vocal warm ups and, uh, not stress out too much because <laughs> you know, your anxiety can get the best of you sometimes. True. True. And when you think about the future of the band, how would you like it to evolve? What would it look like in, say, five years' time? I think for for me, um, you know, I haven't really thought too much where, where we're going to land up. I think at this point, we're just really enjoying ourselves. That We're having such a good time um, making music. And like I said, we're really enjoying the, the music videos. That's, that's kind of a, a, a space we're really enjoying. And I think for me, I'd like to get to a point where we have... Um, a lot of our music videos that we've got now in the pipeline all connect within like a series. So I think it's just telling our story. And, you know, in a couple of years time, I'd like to look back and be like, you know, we made really good content that we can be proud of. And we, we've got our message across it. You know, hopefully along the way, we can pick up a couple of fans that, that enjoy the music and, you know, can support us and, you know, add a couple of our tracks to their playlist. I think that's for me, that would be a winner, you know, having people enjoy your music, uh, be proud of the content that we put out. Ryan and I are very strict on on what we let people hear. You know, we we've got a very high um, uh, sort of expectation of ourselves. So, you know, we want to look back and say, you know, we we did the best we can, and we enjoyed every every moment of it going forward. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I would like to. You know, it's like someone will write a song, and then someone's getting married, and then they'll say. Oh, that's my song. I want it to be at my wedding. The minute someone says that's my song, then yeah. for me, that means that you've written a great song. You know, and I I, I want to have that in five years' time where someone says that's my song. It's one of our songs. You know, that it's it's meant so much to them that, you know, 
they can have it, you know. It's a good one now. I like that. Yeah. And uh, before we dive into the last couple of questions, then future plans that are set in stone, when can we expect more music, more music videos? Lay it all out first. Well, I think uh, this month, Ryan and I are releasing a project that we've been working on for a while. So we're launching our brand new song called Soothe, uh, which is going to be accompanied by a lyric video as well. Um, this song does have a full-on music video that we spent um, a, a couple of days shooting a few months back, and we we are so excited to share it with people. But that will be releasing hopefully somewhere around the December timeline. Um, and then we've got uh, two or three other tracks that uh, we're very proud of that will start making their way after Soothe. We've got a track called Dig that um, we're hoping to um, – is one of my personal favorites, Dig. Um, this track we're hoping to uh, release to the public in around sort of January and New Year, January, that kind of thing. And then we've also just completed a music video for that track, which is an absolute – you know, I'm, I'm absolutely proud of that. I think uh, – it's something Ryan and I can be very proud of, and we're so excited to show people this. Um, it's just we don't want to throw everything out at once, so we're trying to stagnate it a bit. But you know, I'm just I'm just dying to press send <laughs> now on everything. <laughs> it's also because we've got. So so go go, Greg. No, no, no. I was just going to touch on you know, Ryan and I've also for every song that we've recorded, we've also done an acoustic version. Um, it's just something that Ryan and I um, have just started. It's kind of something that just happened where we've made an acoustic version of all the tracks that we've got in our arsenal at the moment. And those have accompanying videos as well. So those will also start coming out sort of towards the beginning of um, next year um, together with, you know, we've got the, the sort of hardcore tracks accompanied by the acoustic ones. So we're very excited about that. That's what I was going to say as well. <laughs> plenty, to, plenty to look forward to. So... And uh, we'll uh, we'll dive into the last few. So these are a couple of random, odd music questions, but I'm intrigued to see your answers. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Man, I think I think for me, if, like if I had to go back, I think music that connected heavy with me was definitely Deftones. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I mean, we never, I never got to watch them live. I think if I had to go back, Deftones would be a winner for me all day, any day in the past, present, future. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. I saw them actually at, at, I think it was Ramfest or Opie Copy. I did, I saw them. That was incredible. Oh, yeah, I missed that. I was, uh, I had greenies though. Um, I was walking around <laughs> drinking vodka the whole day. Oh. And then I decided to smoke a joint, and I think I missed the first like half an hour of their set. I mean, I heard it, but mm. I wasn't there, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, the rest of what I saw was incredible. But if I had to go back, I'd say, I mean, just from a, a vocalist point of view, I think Freddie Mercury is just an incredible vocalist, and his stage presence. I think, you know, just watching that uh, that little documentary that they that they came out with. Um, that was inspiring as it is, but I think if I had to watch him live, watch that band live, it would be very inspiring. And Nirvana, I mean, we, I mean that's oh, how, yeah. uh, I, I know Ryan would definitely go back for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Of course, without saying 
<laughs> and uh, here's where the odd part comes in. If you had to spend 24 hours locked inside a room with any musician from history, who would you pick? I got to choose Jim Morrison. <laughs> a man after my own heart. I'd pick <laughs> him as well. <laughs> Be a bit dangerous though. Oh yeah. Well, it just depends if he's got anything on him there. Yeah. <laughs> got some trip there, man. <laughs> I, I think I'd dig to hang out. Um, I mean, even in present day, I think I'd really dig to hang out with Dave Grohl. I think that could be that could be a legend hangout. You know, I, I don't mind being stuck in a room with him. <laughs> Could you imagine the stories he'd have? Yeah, oh, that'd be amazing. It's the closest yeah. you're going to get to Kurt Cobain as well. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah. And, also, uh, yeah, and the final one. So this is near impossible to answer, but uh, what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Well, that's easy for me because I've already got one. Okay. That's for me. It's no effects, punk guy. Right. What and, is uh, it about that one that sticks out to you? I, I don't know. It's just uh, I think it describes me pretty well. Um, it's uh, about a computer programmer, and he's just living a jolly life, and uh, you know, I suppose he's he's taken advantage of, and 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 things like that. Um, you know, I've definitely learned some lessons in life. But uh, it's such a jolly song that, uh, you know, it's just life is life is great. So uh, I think for me, that's my soundtrack. I like it. I like it. End on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, geez, uh, there's so many. Um, I, I, I was a big uh, uh, Limp Bizkit fan back in the day. I'd have to go with something like one of those old school bangers like My Generation. Um, I, those ones always they'll never leave my playlist like it like it listen guys it's been a blast now I've really enjoyed getting some insights into your music thanks a million thank you man thanks, thanks so much for having us man
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rockin'. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.